this is gonna be the best book you ever read. Like, this is your new favorite book. Off the internet, man, Instagram. I need to go be an introvert. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Books in the City. I'm Libby. I'm Kayla. I'm Emily. And I'm Becky. And this is the much anticipated Secret Santa Christmas episode of Books in the City. Special edition. So it's the week of Christmas as of right now. So I hope you guys are all in in the spirit. If you don't celebrate Christmas, I hope you're enjoying time with loved ones regardless. But before we get into the Secret Santa books, we have a few announcements. Um, (laughs) I'm looking at the notes and it says reminder about this shipping for the store. But I, for some reason, read reindeer about shipping. (laughs) That is what it says. Becky is feeling festive. Seasonal. I'm feeling holly jolly, as Kayla would say. Uh, Here's the thing that we didn't tell you about the shipping that's happening of your Books in the City merch. It's actually (laughs) delivered on reindeer via Santa's sleigh. (laughs) (laughs) And that is why if you did not place an order already, it's not going to ship until after the new year um just because i'm not in the distribution center so (laughs) you mean santa's on vacation santa's actually busy this week (laughs) so he he's got some other arrangements he's got to do this week exactly but yeah so it was the the 18th was the cutoff for shipping before to for it to ship before the end of 2020 but yeah keep you can put your order in um just understand that i'll i'll get to it when i'm back and that'll be after January 3rd, 2021. Bring Wild. It I can't believe that. It's Next still March 2020. <laughs> I'm I know it's, it is. When you're stuck at home. Hey, uh, Emily, what are you drinking right now? I am actually drinking Simpson and Fail tea. I just prepared in a mug that says, Caution, hot and literate. Ooh, I like that. Um, where's that from? Thank you. Which blend are oh. you drinking? I, and where's the mug from? Mugs from Harvard Bookstore. Fancy. And hair Did you go to Harvard? Okay, Rory Gilmore. I went to Harvard for a day. <laughs> <laughs> On okay, a trip. Rory Gilmore. <laughs> <laughs> I repeat. To visit the campus. I'm actually drinking the Shakespeare uh, blend, Ooh. and it's really good. It's like florally kind of tastes like mineral gray and lavender it isn't pink like my tried and true Edgar Allan Poe favorite but wow it tastes good and that's what's important so at the time of recording right now it's nearly midnight are you nervous drinking black tea at midnight um no I do this every night sidebar okay Emily's nocturnal we know that I have a hard time falling asleep at night so unrelated issues so you just drink black tea no yeah usually there's not enough caffeine in it for really any impact on my sleep schedule (laughs) which could be a perk I guess she's got a high tolerance yeah, just get yourself into grad school, um, preferably in a hard science, and then see how you feel about caffeine afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, if you want to check out Simpson and Veil, we highly recommend. Check it out in the show notes. Go to booksinthecitypod.com. There's a link there. It's a nice, beautiful banner. Or check it out in the link in our Instagram bio. 
Simpson and Vale. Hey, Emily. It's winter. We had the first snow in New York. For like a second. Mm. It was so disappointing. No, it was like I saw it all day it here. For like two in hours. Jersey City. Oh, but nothing stuck. Yeah. So it was still, you could see it falling down. Yeah, but it's the first snow. I'm with you about the sticking, but. It was really it. cute and festive. And I'm just wondering if the fish, like, has it frozen over? <laughs> Are they okay? <laughs> Do you have them on, like, a light warmer? The, like, <laughs> why does everyone think that I'm, like, not a responsible guardian of the fish? We're unsure. Are they alive? I, let's put it this way. In my room, there is not only a hot water pipe, but a full-on radiator. So they are warm and snug Aww. and live in their best fish lives to the temperature that is proper for the fish <laughs> of their kind. The kind that needs to speak, be heard, and ask say questions. what they got to say. Uh-huh. Yeah, they got to ask those questions. Um, speaking of, this fish wants to know. What is your favorite holiday tradition? Ooh. I do actually still have to think about this. <laughs> okay, well, I can go first. So my whole life, you know, as a kid, I think everybody kind of has, everybody who, like, celebrates Christmas has a similar story where when you're little, you, like, wake up so, so early and you open gifts, like, right away, really early in the morning. Eventually, when my sister and I got to, like, high school-ish, a little bit maybe a little older like early college around that time we came to the conclusion that like oh my god christmas is over before 10 a.m how like sad we're just like all sitting around now waiting to eat at you know four or whatever so we decided we're gonna figure out a way to drag it out so we started doing christmas brunch so we bought like a waffle iron specifically for this and we like make waffles and eggs and mimosas and we have like a full brunch and that does not start until 10 so that we open gifts like wait you still wake up super early (laughs) is 10 super early i have to be like dragged out about like at 11 i wake up at like seven or eight oh my god on christmas i can't sleep i I can't sleep my brothers hate me but yeah early Oh, my God. For you? What is that, 4 a.m.? <laughs> like, on Christmas, I really wake up between 5 and 6 every year. Oh, Still. my God. There's, like, the excitement. Okay, so I'm usually, like, my- very hungover, though, because Christmas Eve <laughs> in my family is party. So I'm, like, blackout. <laughs> Christmas Eve, I have to oh roll God. out of bed Christmas morning to open presents. What time do you wake up? So my brother is usually always the first one up still to this day. And I would say between 10 and 11. And we kind of do what Becky said. Like, my mom will make a very big breakfast. I guess, am I just going now? Because my tradition is Christmas Day. Yeah, go for it. Okay, so in the last few years, my... We used to always like go to my aunt's on Christmas, but for the last few years, me, my mom, my brother, and my sister kind of just decided to stay home and we just like lay around all day. Like my mom and I pretty much like drink like boozy hot chocolates throughout the day, watch Christmas movies. I usually like pass out on the couch for a few hours. Last year we watched all of the Twilight movies, but that's like a different story. Um, a Christmas class, <laughs> seasonal, yeah, a classic. Nothing like a vampire to get you in the I holidays. Mean, you didn't mention that on the last episode <laughs> as your favorite Christmas. Yeah, right? I know. I actually I forgot about that till now. But then we do the thing that people who don't celebrate Christmas do, and we would 
ordering Chinese food and then go to the movies. And I really, really love this because it was the only time of the whole year my family would go to the movies together. Like last year we saw Knives Out, which was so good. Mm. And I'm actually really, really sad this year that we won't get to go to the movies. But that's my favorite Christmas tradition, like doing what people who don't celebrate Christmas do, I guess. Yeah, I like that. I did want to say back on the conversation of like waking up really early, my dad, if you're listening, sorry that I'm about to tell this. It's not embarrassing. It's just like every single year he's like, screw you, General Christmas, man. But without fail, every year he wakes up at like 5 a.m. He gets a fire started in the fireplace and he's sitting there waiting for (gasps) us in the morning when we wake up and it's like a fire is roaring. He's got Christmas music playing. The Christmas lights are turned on. I'm like, you love that's Christmas. so is cute. your dad santa <laughs> he might be Seems he like might be oh is. my god what did he do all night was he flying around the world i guess so probably libby what what about you so okay i like love christmas day but i it's also like always i don't know you know how christmas is like happy sad because it's like a day mm-hmm. and then it's over so i feel like my favorite tradition that we've started to do is christmas eve my family well we always do like christmas eve mass and then my cousins i have cousins who like grew up a mile from us we were super close there's three of them and there's three of like me and my siblings and like we're all similar ages and went to school together and everything so my aunt and uncle and cousins come over on christmas eve and we do like board games and everyone just drinks and and there's a fire too and it's like christmas music and it's so much fun. Shout out. I don't know if Molly and Allie are listening, but ugh, best tradition. So good. So I don't know. I don't know if Aww. we'll be able to do that this year. Just like precautionary measures, but that's always my favorite. You When you mentioned um, Christmas mass, it reminded me of the honorable mention favorite ho- uh, <laughs> holiday tradition I have, which is after Christmas Eve church, driving around town and looking at everybody's Christmas lights and hardcore judging oh. them. Uh-huh. It's like one of my favorite things, like listening to Christmas music and being like, those lights are awful. What were they thinking? <sighs> and then the next one being like, love that one. I would totally put love that, that on that house. house. Wow. <laughs> wow. It's a fun one. You're like Simon Cowell. Of Christmas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a no for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Emily, you're up. I feel like we have like through lines throughout the ages of, you know, similar things that we did, but it changed over the years. So. As a kid, I was so into the idea of Xana. I just like bought into the Same. fiction. I was obsessed with the letters. It did feel magical. It felt like you wake up and there's presents on the tree. It's so fun, you know, like, and I used to tell myself to own, I would only ask for like one thing for myself and then I'd try to write like, but also I didn't want to seem greedy to Santa. So it's just like, it's not a big deal, but I, I would like that. Um, oh my God. But um, yeah, we usually gather with my dad's side of the family. For a while, there were quite a few cousins. So it was like a big to do, but I was on the younger side for that. And then they're older. They, a lot of them moved out and had kids and stuff, but we always try and do festive things. Um, a Chicago-based Christmassy thing is there's a store called Marshall Fields that was bought out by Macy's, but it's like in the Mag Mile of Chicago, and 
at the flagship store. It's really beautiful because it looks like a Gilded Age like department store. It's nice in there. Um, and they make special mints that are still carried through the Marshall Fields line. They're called like Frango mints. And then you can go sit in this restaurant called the Walnut Room. I don't know if anyone's heard of the Walnut Room. Shout out to the Walnut Room. But it's like <laughs> a restaurant that's kind of like over. Is that somewhere where you could get tea? Yeah, yeah. Kind of like that. Like a little bit fancy. And there's a big Christmas tree. So it's like inside the department store. So if you're on a different floor, you can like see the restaurant. I don't know. We we Our traditions change. But I feel like every year it feels special to be around family and you know, kind of capture the magic while you you still got it. Even as an adult, we, yeah, I don't know, it's nice. Usually, I was thinking this as an, as a, in grad school, I'm like, every Christmas, I'm just like dead tired because I'm like doing the same thing I'm doing now, like going, going, going till the end of the year because I know I'm going to take some time off. So by the time I go home, I'm like, just sleeping. <laughs> Oh my God. Winter break in college was my favorite. I would just literally hibernate for a month. (laughs) Yeah. So my favorite tradition is sleep. (laughs) (laughs) I want to hear about people's like non-Christmas winter traditions in the comments for those who like aren't celebrating. Mm -hmm. Um, I want to hear like whatever. If you celebrate something else, I want to hear. Yeah. Yeah. Like family traditions. Yeah. So this episode. Well, (laughs) Should we talk about I, books? I'm so freaking this excited. Is, I'm like nervous. Oh my God. I'm ready. I have my evidence a file. <laughs> this is going to be such a fun episode. Okay. Really quickly before we start, I'm going to explain like kind of what's going on in this episode. This is our Secret Santa episode. We, Ta-da! I don't know. I feel like it worked. I don't know. Th- I so think it, it did. Yeah. It's a small group, so, you know, guessing who is your secret Santa might be a little easier than it would be if we had, like, nine people on the podcast. Is it? We'll find out. Oh, is it? I s- Stay tuned to the <laughs> end to hear if we guess. I don't know how easy it Santa was to guess. Let, let Libby you're talk, right, guys. Right. Let Libby so tell a story. we did this idea. We are, well, I sort of had like a half-formed idea and was like frantically texting just like fragment ideas to the group and everyone was like this doesn't really make sense but yeah sounds cute and then I sent a voice memo which sometimes I do when I'm not expressing myself clearly through the written word and pretty much I don't know everyone was like on board right and so we enlisted the help of Nicole the illustrator who was tagged in the show notes you should follow her for her amazing book and art content but we enlisted her help she like did the cutest videos oh yeah yeah of like because she's an artist and so everything that she does (laughs) is just like beautifully done and I'm she sent these videos to us and I was like what did you do this and like even her (laughs) handwriting is so good it was crazy but she basically drew names for all of us and was like the go-between as you know, so like we got our names, we sent the book suggestions for our people, and then Nicole passed them on. And we all had to get our books and read them before this recording. So basically, the gist though was that we suggested a book to our Secret oh, Santa yeah, yeah. rather than giving them a gift. Right. That was, yeah, it was like a book swap Secret Santa type yeah. hybrid. It's like we picked out a book 
for our Secret Santa that we thought they might like to read. And then they read it for today. Yeah, so all... At the end, we're going to guess. None of us know what the other person is reading. Not even people who didn't suggest right. the book. None but of us know n- what we're reading. We don't know. Read. There's nothing else yeah. in our notes. And none of us picked our books i mean i think that's clear at this point but just to reiterate like we were told to read we, the book that we're about to tell you yes and nobody knows what anyone is talking are you about. confused <laughs> by our secret santa co and then we're all gonna guess who told us to read this book yes yeah so make sure you listen all the way through all four books because at the end we're gonna have a quick little chat it might not be quick you know us <laughs> But we're going to talk about, like, we're yeah, all going to guess, and we're all going to, like... Cannot wait. Kayla's going to submit her... My evidence. Her five, I've got a page report. Emily's <laughs> going to submit her evidence, because Emily's also been talking about how she's been do- doing some sleuthing. I think me and Libby are the only two that have just been, yeah. like, chilling. Watch so, you two get it right, and me and Emily. <laughs> so awesome. I know. <laughs> totally blown away. Like, yeah, what? So, but I, actually, I still don't even know who I'm going to guess. I'm so up in the oh air that it's going to be, like... You Oh so game. How do you have a whole dossier? Because you you're going to hear the evidence. It's conflicting reports. Oh my god! Oh my god! Okay, I can't wait. Who's going decision. first? Yeah. So to be clear, we're you know the drill by this time, but we're all going to talk about our books. We are not guessing our who was our secret Santa until the end of the episode. So mm-hmm. we're going to do the normal. Yes, but by all means, listener. Yeah. Follow along and you try to Please pinpoint guess. who you think each yes, person's yes. secret Tell Santa was right. based on the yeah. pick. Yeah, based on the book that was picked out for us. As you listen, maybe pause before we go into the re- reveals and evidence and investigations and tell us. <laughs> your picks and then well like it would be so fun if someone got everyone right imagine that yeah, that'd be really cool i feel like i'm yeah. gonna get it wrong be honest yeah. be honest yeah this is a scout's honors yeah yeah i am I so am excited too. oh my god should we get into it should we talk so about books yeah without further ado yeah uh am i up first yeah you're first oh my god Oh I feel God. like nerve. I have butterflies. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I'm so excited to hear what Me too. So usually, oh I think we've talked about this before, but we usually have a shared Google Doc and we can sort of see everyone's notes, like whether mm-hmm. you read along is up to each individual, but like we kind of know. We usually don't. But we also don't really talk right. about it much before we sit down to record, with the exception of like sometimes we're like, oh, I, you're, I know you're going to talk mm-hmm. about that. But other than that, like it's sort of sometimes a surprise, but it's never yeah, been this like, much of a surprise. Yeah. So I'm like, scrambling. usually like at, when we sit down to record, I'll like quick scroll. I'm like, oh, wow. Can't wait to hear about that. Exactly. Like never anything like this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so okay. my book that was chosen for me oh my is God. called Drumroll. A House in the Cerulean Sea by T.J. Klune. Ooh, I want to oh. read this. So this, okay. So this came it. out in March 2020. Just for the record, this is a very interesting pick because I, as I've mentioned before, I work at Tor, and this is a book from Tor Teen. So it's like, was this intentional, or is my secret Santa? Just okay, like, so see, that is you gathering evidence by thinking into that. Okay, so, okay, I guess I gathered okay, some evidence. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but like, I'm just saying, we all were thinking about it. Or did my secret Santa, like, not know? 
like, are you just a bad listener? I don't know. <laughs> or maybe they didn't know that it was Tortine. They just saw the book. See, and we've talked about how I'm the only one who pays attention to publishers. So, oh, it's all very true. evidence. It's all very interesting. Okay. Put it in the file. Right, what's so, this book about? Put it, yeah, put yeah, it in the file. file. We'll keep going. Um, I loved this book a lot. So, like, My Secret Santa you know had me figured out on that front it was so charming and there's like something on literally every page that just like had me smiling like an idiot like I it's just so lovely it's such a lovely book so the main character is this 40 year old man named Linus Baker he Linus is just like a lovable grump type character he works for so uh, I should mention also, this is like set in a magical world, but it's like also a realistic world, like for the most part. So Linus works for the department in charge of magical youth. Um, it's called like Daikami for short is he- kind of how I was pronouncing it. And he's worked there for 17 years. He's a caseworker. He's just sort of like a very like middle of the road dude, like, you know, content-ish in his life he lives alone he has a cat named Calliope who reminded me of Dennis because she's like kind of a little shit (laughs) he's gay and he's like lonely but he doesn't know he's lonely type of character it like all ties Mm. into his lovable grumpiness I guess I'll get a little more into this but he's very much like a rule follower and like a kind of cog in the corporate machine of this department in charge of magical youth so as a caseworker part of his job is like visiting orphanages where various magical youth are being kept and like these the kids like kind of run the gamut from you know you got like your typical witch you got like a kid who can just like grow blue feathers your typical witch. witch You've got, like, kids who can do telekinesis and, like, basically everything in between. Okay. Just, like, the normal some, gambit. Like, Pettigrew's I, I don't know if anyone children. read um, Charlie Bones. Does anyone remember this series from the childhood? Oh. It gave... Do you remember? Okay, I didn't read it, but childhood. that sounds so familiar. Okay, it's an incredible series, and I feel like... I don't know why it didn't take off like Harry Potter did, but it's... I wonder if one of my siblings read that. This, because I'm like I know that name. Yeah, the world of this like a little reminded me of that. I haven't read that in like 20 years, but not that's not true. <laughs> oh my god, I'm like 35. Just How kidding. old are you? <laughs> um. <laughs> anyway, I'm nervous. <laughs> so, <laughs> part of Linus's job, going back to the house in the Cerulean Sea, is if an orphanage seems unsafe for the kids like it's his job to report that and then you kind of get the sense that like for his own sanity he sort of just like refuses to think beyond what happens after he reports an orphanage like to the kids because you can tell he really does care about these kids but he also works for this department that like if you think deeply like probably doesn't have the kids best interest at heart if that makes sense like they claim to, but then they're shutting down orphanages and like what happens next to these kids, Aww. basically. So 
Linus gets a new assignment. Um, he's called for the first time in his 17-year career. He's called into, like, extremely upper management, they're called. Um, and it's this, like, shadowy group oh. of, like, four <laughs> people who, like, sit high up on dioceses. And it's a whole thing. And they tell him that he's being assigned to this orphanage. It's on an island, like, in the middle of nowhere. And he has to go there for a month, which is wild he's very much like a homebody and his trips are usually like a one-day visit to the orphanage so it's all very mysterious he's like not really given much information about the kids at this orphanage basically they just tell him like these are pretty extreme cases of magical youth like you've never dealt with kids like this before and that's kind of all he gets Mm. so he he shows up to this island he is very unsure but he's also like you know i'm just here to do my job like getting down to business whatever he gets (laughs) there and he meets a wild array of like extremely magical and lovable children there's six of them who live there and then the master of the house is named arthur parnassus uh linus finds himself very flustered around arthur and it refuses to acknowledge Ooh. why and it's such mm-hmm. it's such a classic like, grumpy old man and like this <laughs> arthur's like this ethereal oh. sort of mysterious Aww. figure who like deeply loves these kids as well who knows maybe they all just come together over their love of saving these children it's it's oh. so beautiful i didn't really like get to into it because I feel like the beauty is like um, Linus himself like meeting all these kids and realizing like how special they are in their own right but just to give you like a taste one of the children at this orphanage is named Lucy short for Lucifer and he's the Antichrist (laughs) so like it is what okay the amount of times that that the devil has come up on this podcast and he's (laughs) He's Cerning. We need an exorcism. He's six years old, six months, and six days old. Like his age. Oh my God. That's like basically all I'm going to say about the plot. It's so warm. Here's the thing. I'm just waiting for the devil to be named like Fred. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we had the devil named, um, what was her name? Ella. Ella, Ella, thank you. Who who read it? (laughs) Only you. (laughs) Not me. (laughs) I don't know why I remember that. Stands out. Right away. Can you imagine the devil just be like, hi, I'm Dan. (laughs) I'm Richard here. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, no. Um, It's so charming and warm-hearted and like you know themes of found family and like grumpy to like sunshine love story maybe and all the good things that i love in a book like it's so it was so it's just like a warm hug it was so cute i've seen this all over bookstagram and never knew what it was about yeah the cover is so good is it why no Yes. Uh, the cover? I was going to say, didn't you say Tortine? Gives me YA vibe. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You said that. Oh, fuck. It's not Tortine. Oh, I'm an idiot. It's Tor. He writes YA. <laughs> this is his adult debut. So, whoops, I'm really good at my job, but I didn't work on this book. So, to be fair, <laughs> but <laughs> you're it fine. Is adult, but it reads, and I was like reading Goodreads reviews of it, and it, it does read like children's, you know, but it has that like, I don't know how to explain it. It's not like he's 
like the age of the characters is very middle grade age, but he's writing for adults and there's like, you know, as mm. you kind of learn more about like the dark side of this department in charge of magical youth, like it, it deals with a little heavier issues. So yeah, technically though, no adult, not YA. Um, so good so lovely it just i truly like every page i was just like (laughs) um for those of you who can't hear that she's like open smiling smiling eyes closed squinting (laughs) yeah like Like an an emoji emoji. so yeah that was it so what did you rate it i gave it five stars yeah i did it was a winner wow i can't wait to figure out who it was from i know we'll go into that later stay tuned remind us what that book was oh okay yes the house in the cerulean sea by tj clune kayla what did you read okay i read the paris secret by natasha lester and my first note is okay well whoever picked this did a damn good job um but but i do want to say that there are so many characters and so many timelines. So bear with me. This might feel like a bit of an info dump. As I was reading it, I was thinking to myself, like, I'm loving this book, but this is something that I typically wouldn't cover on here just because it's very hard to, like, get everything across because we're just, like, flying back and forth between, like, 2012 and World War II and there's five main perspectives and it's just like a lot so I literally have never worked on my notes for so long for this podcast as I have with this one because I was like I need to streamline this book somehow because it's like just under 500 pages and it feels like like three books in it's one just wait what? weren't the rules 500 yeah wait, wait, wait. well the this rules? is part of my evidence oh. the rules were 400 and I got a fucking 500 page okay. book oh my god, oh my god. and Who the did? text was the text was so small <laughs> okay somebody was headed out for kidding my eyes were hurt I'm like squinting like a grandma <laughs> like oh my the text god. was so small 500. but I I like I loved it it's fine it's fine but this we will come back to this in my dossier of evidence so I was like I need to like streamline this book somehow so I'm gonna just start by there are the book usually historical fiction especially I feel like I'm screaming (laughs) (laughs) it'll be split up into like part one part two part three this was part one two three four five six seven eight (laughs) like it literally kept going and you're the time span was like pretty long and you would be back and forth with like a bunch of characters. I so can't get over the fact that you had to read 500 pages. <laughs> it was four, it was 4.79 to be exact, but oh the text God. was so small. Oh okay. Boy. So, <laughs> oh my God. So, like, I know. He <laughs> was like, I had a great time. No, I, I really did. <laughs> I feel painful. I'm dying. Okay. I love this book. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. Okay. Can I? I need to just get through this. So, my okay. So the way I figured out would be easiest was to tell you about the two main women. So, the first is Kat. She is in 2012. She lives in Australia. She's a single mom and she's a fashion conservator, which sounds like the perfect job for me that I didn't. I knew a bit about because my college FIT had as a major, but like it wasn't a popular one, but it's literally all about like fashion and history and fashion Mm -hmm. history and like preserving these articles of clothing that are literally history. 
So that I love that whole part. I'm going to get into that at the end. But Kat's mom died during childbirth. So she was raised by her grandmother, Margot. And Margot moved to Australia from France after World War II and never spoke about her time during the war. So Kat just assumed she was just like living in casually living in Nazi occupied France as casual as that can be and like kind of like disregarded that her grandma's whole experience with that um but more on that later so her grandma one day Kat like travels to London a lot for work because of like the nature of her job um because Australia really isn't like a fashion capital so her grandma tells her one day that she has like this cottage in Cornwall and Kat goes there and she walks in and it's literally like like a museum of the 1930s like everything is intact it looks like a family just one day walked up and left and then she enters this room in the back and she finds this wardrobe and it is full of couture Christian Dior gowns and there is one from every single year since 1947 which Kat knows because she studies fashion history and like they would say the names of the gowns and it was cool because I would like google it then but there's one dresser that she does not recognize and she has no label and I just want to intersect my the first couture show that I fell in love with was a Dior show I was like in Disney for my sweet 16 and was like watching this show on the bus to the Magic Kingdom and like it was when Galliano was at Dior and it was like I'll never forget that moment in like my fashion career life so this was kind of like a serendipitous like magical thing for me that whoever suggested this book they didn't know that but um it just worked out so the next main character is sky and we first meet her in the 1930s when she's a child and she's living with her mom and her sister liberty in cornwall and they live right on the beach and they're kind of outcasts from the town because their mom was never married had these two illegitimate daughters and she reads tarot cards for a living and she's a female pilot so just she sounds like really, really cool. So when she's 10, Skye meets this boy, Nicholas, on the beach who had just moved there from New York, but there's some like family issues they get into it. And they become best friends and then fall in love in that childish way of like this little boy and girl are best friends. They just like assume they would marry each other. But after a few years, Nicholas has to move back to New York and Skye doesn't see him again. And also worth mentioning, their mom... I forgot her name. I'm sorry. She taught Sky and Nicholas how to fly planes when they were like 11, which I was like, is this real? I'm a little worried about that. Yeah, I know. (laughs) But I'm like picturing like, like, like the Wright Brothers plane. Like it's like a fake plane. Like, I don't know. It seems super safe. I'm being sarcastic. So, so we're in 2012 and Kat gets this call from this mysterious man. And he's like, is your grandmother or are you like related to Margot Jordan? And she's like, yeah, that's my grandma. And it turns out that this is a historical writer. He writes nonfiction books about history. And he's working on this book about three women who are all spies from the same family who are all spies in World War One and World War Two. And it turns out it was a mother and her two daughters, which you can guess from what I just told you about one of the main characters. So this writer lives in London and Kat goes there a lot for work. So they end up meeting up. And as he's sharing more, he's on this mission to find out who Margot Jordan really is because she was like a famous SOE operative, which is like the British spies during World War II. 
and he thinks Margot is con- like connected to this family. So they start chasing this mystery together of who is Margot because there are multiple like old ladies with the identity of Margot Jordan. And at the same time that they're chasing this Margot mystery, there's also this whole mystery of why are there all these couture gowns in like this like those are priceless like why did Kat's grandma like have those and Kat's grandma like she would ask her like what did you do in the war and she would like I'd be like I can't talk about it and like didn't no so she just modeling so Kat's like why is she literally well so you do know that there is a character early on that modeled for Dior. So you know that there's a relationship okay. there, but you don't know who oh it is. Uh, I know. So, there's so yeah. much to this book. There is now. so much to this book. Okay. Well, it's 500 pages. <laughs> I'm not even, I'm not done. So Sky ends up joining the, well, she wants to join the RAF, which is the Royal Air Force, but they're like, women aren't allowed. Meanwhile, they're like calling on these guys who don't know how to fly because they need more men to pretty much go fly to their death. And here she is like a skilled pilot, but they won't take her because she's a woman. Don't get me started. It was so frustrating. So she joins this thing called ATA. Don't ask me what that means. I didn't write it down and I forgot. But she ended up, they would like, like an idiot man would like crash his plane and she'd have to go there and fly the broken plane back somewhere across England to get fixed. Oh my god! But she oh wasn't. Was but she real? wasn't a good enough pilot to fly the real war planes. Like, where's the logic? Can I you don't. guys tell that Kayla's been drinking? Screaming! I'm just picturing off. like an airplane with like, like one wing, like oh half wing, like yeah. <laughs> Well, well, just wait, because guess what? All of a sudden, one day, she's, like, flying this broken plane, and there's a bunch of fucking Nazis attacking her, but she doesn't have any guns to protect herself because the women could not be trusted with guns. Oh, my God. Well, flying in the air with Nazis all around. Like, oh, my God. I'm just, like, so mad. And the British... Winston Churchill, I have some words for you right now. Oh, my God. She's, like, leaning in her Ah! chair, like, fully (laughs) laying down. It makes me so angry. Like, this qualified woman could have saved the day, but whatever. So, whatever. She is ambushed by these Nazis, and thank God, because she can't protect herself, another swoop of planes comes in, and she can tell that they're British and American, even though this is before America entered the war. That's a whole thing. And they, like, I don't think, I don't know if they killed the Nazis, but they, like, attack the Nazis and help her land safely. And she lands. So this is, like, an aerial battle. Yes. And who does she see? Fucking Nicholas, her childhood best friend that she wanted to marry. And they have not seen each other in over a decade. And now here they are in a war. They're reunited. So they're so happy to see each other. Becky's telling me wrap up. I'm going to start talking so fast because I have, like, a paragraph left. (laughs) Nicholas. So she's so happy. Like, I was in love with you forever. She's like, oh, my God, you turn out to be so handsome. She literally says that to him. So embarrassing. But she learns that Nicholas is engaged to a woman who is named, you guessed it, Margot Jordan. Oh, what? yes. What a freak. Oh, my God. This Who is this woman? That's the whole point of this book. So we learn out that Margot is an SOE agent. But that's all I'm going to say for plot because it's, it's a fake identity. No. But it turns into it. It grows into a World War II story, but then the mystery, who the fuck really is Margot in 2012? There's three women that it could be, and it goes back and forth throughout the whole novel, and there's all these clues nonstop. Guys, I literally, 
I couldn't figure it out. Like the mystery, it was so tightly wound. And like, you would learn some things about each woman that was like the candidates and it all made sense. But then the way it all wrapped up, it did make sense. And it was so good, but I, I have to mention this. So I really, really love the fashion element of it. And that, so for people who don't know, I went to a fashion school for college. I work in the industry. I don't like to read fashion books. It They bother me for some reason, but this was so well done. And I loved the way that they wove fashion into history because fashion is a huge part of history. And I love that they use Christian Dior because it's a personal favorite of mine. But what was so wild right before I started this book, I had just learned that Christian Dior had a sister named Catherine Dior, who was extremely high up in the French resistance. And she makes a very big appearance in this book. And there is a book this coming out this summer by a different author, all about Catherine Dior and her works in the French resistance, which I'm like shocked. It took this much time for her to come to light, given her like, like she was famous through association with Christian. So I'm so excited for that. And I like loved having the glimpses of her. And this author has two other World War II books. I own one of them, but her first one, I after I read this, I loved it so much. I was like, I need to read the other two. And I was I read the synopsis of each one. And in the first one, The Paris Orphan, the main characters in that book made cameos in this book. So you've Whoa, got like a universe, oh a Paris oh World War II universe, fictional universe. Because obviously in the World War II books, there's like famous people. And also I feel like this is cropping up a lot. This book just came out a few months ago. There's a lot of World War II books coming out about like the female aviation. And I thought that was so interesting, so cool. You heard how mad it <laughs> made me. But a lot of the women in this one... <laughs> mentioned that like we're Sky's friends they were real women so I love when that happens oh, in so historical cool. fiction and okay so it took me 150 pages to like get into it but as I said it's 479 pages with very oh small font so it's worth <laughs> pushing through but the beginning felt like a lot of setup which made sense in the end but I did have to kind of like force myself to pick it up until like I hit a certain point. So for that reason, I gave it four stars because I wasn't like sucked in right away. But otherwise, it would have been a five star read. I just want to say to everyone. I'm like out of before breath. Before we started re- <laughs> recording, Kayla said, oh, I'm so tired. Yeah, wait. I, <laughs> I'm just like, all worked up about the injustices against female pilots. Let them go fight the fucking oh Nazis. God. Oh, my God. I need a transcript of Kayla talking that whole time because at one point you were like, Nicholas, hey, I love you. <laughs> or something. <laughs> But I you just looked screaming with that. That was iconic. I just looked at what my next up book is, and it's like kind of funny because I was yelling about something that really relates oh my to god, it. That was oh my god. Well, stay amazing. tuned. Oh my god, I'm very passionate about we this book. Oh my god. And what book was it? <laughs> that was the Paris Secret by Natasha Lester. Emily, what did you read? So my book. I had never heard of before it was recommended to me, which is fun. It wouldn't have popped on my radar. Um, If my secrets and I hadn't dropped in my stocking, figuratively speaking. It's called A Visit from the Goon Squad by Jennifer Egan. Um, And this came out in 2010. Um, So basically, I kind of got like a rock and roll narrative meets like punk rock meets like existential crisis. With like a hint. Wait, I've read this book. 
I love this book. I have some okay, thoughts about going. that. I saw that on your good read. <laughs> 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 I have some thoughts. Um, <laughs> save it until the investigation. Yeah, add it to your folder and move the on. The court case. Um, yeah, so it's got kind of like a hint of flea bag because there's messy female characters in it. And it's character driven and it's kind of like middle-aged crisis stuff. So I could see why someone recommended it to me. Why you're going through a middle-aged <laughs> Relatable crisis? for you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. A grumpy middle-aged man. How old That's are what you? I, um, but I will say, like, I'm going to give a content warning for sexual assault and self-harm because there are some perspectives from perpetrators. And that was, like, a little drawing for me. But essentially, oh, the story wow. is told through, like, a series of vignettes revolving around a group of, like, NYC punk rockers, essentially. They had this band called the Flaming Dildos. And um, and oh so it kind of flashes in and out of that group of individuals from the time when they were, like, young into their adulthood. So you're getting these snapshots of people's lives, but... What's cool is we will get a chapter from someone's perspective. They're going over their recollection of this time in their life. And then the next chapter is told through the perspective of a character that was like touched upon in the previous chapter. So it's like all kind of like flashbacks and flash forwards. And it's revolving around kind of like the record label punk rock scene. But it's the narrative style is really interesting because it's like you're getting uh perspective shift you're getting like time jumps you're getting setting shifts so that is part of what I thought made it interesting but it was a little distracting for me at times because what I loved and why I was glad someone put it on my radar is like the punk scene and like the New York woman wait what year um so it kind of like goes all over time but I think they were coming out like the late 70s to Oh, yeah, and then cool. there's uh, one character who was, like, a student in the early 90s, so I got, like, a grunge vibe from her, and it was cool, and, like, they were talking about bands that were playing, or, like, these were not, like, casual punks, they were, like, wearing safety pins in their noses, and, like, throwing <laughs> bottles and shit, so it's, like, all that anger, all that frustration, all that, like, and I, I do think there's, like, a chip on the punk rock shoulder about, like, who's genuine, who's a sellout, like, who's real punk. And then, like, it was really cool to get all these individuals in later in life. And they were all having this sense of, like, my lost youth. And it was cool to get the juxtaposition oh, between how they feel as adults versus, like, who they were as teens cause, or early 20s, you know, like, young people. It was like a New York City wild night out. It made me think of all those like magic moments where you're just like out on the Lower East Side and like you're out till dawn. I didn't do any drugs, but I'm sure a lot of people have. Stumbling home. Um, as someone who lives on the Lower East Side, I can confirm people. <laughs> and around. Cap- not me, yeah. not me, but there are it people just, that like, do a lot of drugs this, over here. I was like really captivated by the. <laughs> not me. <laughs> there <laughs> people do But drugs. it's kind of like the, the not polished version of New York City is the version that I like. Because it's I like think, the real version. Yeah. And the 
the book kind of touches on this like grittier aspect of New York and like why it attracts the young people. Yeah, but I, I was going to mention all this jumping around was what I liked. But what I didn't like is sometimes the setting transitions like we're not always in New York City. Some people's narratives take us on a different journey. So some of that took me away from the thing that I loved, which was like the grown up punkers. <laughs> but um, there were a couple characters that had really great chapters. So like the book opens up with Sasha and she's this New York City woman who's faking her age and she's working at a record exact named Benny Salazar and we find out very early on that she's a compulsive kleptomaniac like in the first scene she's seeing her therapist to kind of like talk about this thing that she can't control it was really cool to hear her like inner monologue about kleptomania like when a object was calling to her kind of oh, thing oh wow that, that really is interesting. interesting that's why i thought about fleabag because sasha's character comes back around the carousel a couple times so you get like a more full picture of her but she was really intriguing um there are some like more minor characters that only get like a chapter or two benny salazar the exec that she ends up working for we get several chapters on him because he's a member of the flaming dildos and then he kind of blows up into this important record exec one of the chapters i liked is from Scotty, who is like the steel guitarist, he was playing like a, he built a lap guitar, you know, like the kind that you play on your, I don't know, it's not an upright on guitar. On your lap? Like, yeah, like a steel guitar. <laughs> um, And so like, at this point in Scotty's life, like Benny's like a hot falutin, like <laughs> rich guy who literally puts flak, flakes of gold in his coffee. What? And then... Oh my God! Scotty, this is like a waste of money. Oh my God! I don't remember. So Scotty at the oh, same point is like, <laughs> <laughs> Scotty at this point is like, um, a janitor. But he was the most promising musician out of that band, and so his chapter was really cool because his inner reflection was like, "I'm leading a more genuine life than you are. Like we're all shitholes here, and for you to pretend like you didn't have this history." where you were, like, literally snorting coke off, like, bathrooms for you to, like, go stand in front of your executive board with your fancy stuff that feels less genuine to me than me being a janitor who fishes in the East River, and he rolls out a fish, and he brings it to the executive office and, like, slaps it on Benny's yeah. desk, which makes me laugh. That's like you with the, the fishbowl. Like, me with like the yuppie. fishbowl. Yeah, it's, like, kind of yuppie versus... And that's, like, um, what punk is. It's, like, classist, and it's, like, fighting really the system, punk, and yeah. I really loved... Really punk. I mean, I'm obviously that. not. I have, like, one ear piercing, but... <laughs> in spirit. <laughs> um, and then a couple other side characters that I enjoyed were this this woman who went by Lidal. Her real name is Dolly. She's a washed-up PR person who is trying to restore her um like business back to life and she gets a job to restore a dictator's public image as he's like committing genocide and she takes the job because she needs to pay her daughter's like tuition money i don't think it's supposed to be a funny chapter but it was kind of like darkly funny to me because like is this a real job where someone's doing pr for a dictator <laughs> and then the other thing was this kid who is obsessed with cataloging the pauses in songs. So, like, anytime in a song when it what? gets silent, but the song isn't over, like, the fade-out 
I don't know. They they mentioned specific ones like Faith by George Michael comes to mind. Like there's like pauses and rests like but the fade out versus the fade in of the music. And I had never paid attention to that before. And now I'm like, I need to know more <laughs> about this. And he like charted the data and stuff. And I thought that was really fun. So, yeah, overall, it was like I really enjoyed it. I did over audiobook and I do think audiobook helped me keep track of all the like jumping around bits but I might go back and like try and read it or especially the chapters like of this story that I like because there were some members of the band or like some relationships I feel like I didn't I would have to like go back and re-process again to fully appreciate like who ended up where in their life but yeah it was kind of like made me want to like Ride the L train and read Patti Smith or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or, like, go to more oh concerts. I was like, why? Why don't I go you to can't. concerts? <laughs> Not anymore, uh, but so someday I'll really take advantage of that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Wait, is part of it in California? Yeah, yeah. One of the characters ends up okay. in California building sculptures. Okay, I couldn't remember. What did you rate it? Um, I gave it four stars because of the... Um, weird perspective of the sexual assaulter and like the fact that sometimes we weren't we were like in different locales that I wasn't invested in but it was a good recommendation thank you for putting it on my radar secret Santa Um. (laughs) (laughs) and for mine is what this book was uh it's called a visit from the goon squad by Jennifer Egan uh also in reference to the title they bring up this like metaphor that like the goons are coming is like a metaphor for like death so i was thinking a visit Mm -hmm. from the goon squad is them kind of like putting off aging and life and stuff my deep uh, analysis there (laughs) all right (laughs) i keep doing like the (laughs) oh my god (laughs) i'm a nerd (laughs) becky what's your secret santa recommend for you All right, so I'm laughing because in my notes it says, my secret Santa chose this book for me. Oh, shock. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, make sure to mention that. (laughs) I don't know if you guys knew that or not. Um, Okay, so I was was (laughs) suggested to read Vicious by V.E. Schwab, which came out in 2013. Another tour title. Oh, um, is that a hint? <laughs> I feel like my guesses are rattled around. Yeah, this is crazy because literally any one of you could I've have changed. suggested this to me. And like Nicole has texted me and been the whole time she's been like, what do you think? What do you think? And I'm like, did she throw a wrench and she suggested it? Like <laughs> what's happening here? But anyway. I have no idea who suggested this. I'm going to keep talking now. Um, I've eliminated one person. Okay, we'll do this later. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Anyway, so I really don't even know where to start. I don't really know how I'm going to talk about this book without spoiling because I feel like so many things about it, like it are spoilers. I th- Have the three of you, all three of you read this? I think you no. have, right? No? Okay. No, girl. None okay. of us well, have. That's interesting. Well... That's even more tricky. <laughs> Addie was all of yeah. our first V. Schwab, right? No, I read A yeah. Darker Shade of Magic. Like, mm, okay. Oh, that's right. I own that. Series, that. I have yeah. to read that. All right. Well, anyway, I really liked this. I'll say that. Um, it gave me 
heavy M. Night Shyamalan vibes, which I love. I love M. Night Shyamalan. And I I was like thinking about this as if I was watching, you know, like Unbreakable. So content warning, suicide, death and like drug overdose and a lot of just like violence and murder. But like the big ones are heavy on the content warning for suicide. So the book opens with Victor and Eli. They're two college friends and they're working on like their thesis. And the mood is like super dark academia. I can't really get a like read on where this is. And maybe they said it. But like I don't. Who on the podcast loves dark academia? I know. Uh. What? Um, <laughs> I'm the last one to go. So everyone is like using my, my stuff as like extra hints for theirs. Anyway, so. It's super dark academia. I can't really place like where this is taking place. And they might have said, but I missed it. So anyway, it may, it added to the moodiness of it that I missed it, if so. So these these two guys, they're super smart. They're a little dark. They're a little creepy. They're like lonely kids at the school who like find each other. And they become friends. So they're both pre-med. But the, the stuff that they study is like bizarre. one day they tell their they have to like go around the room and say what their thesis is gonna be our our boy victor he's are there theses in pre-med apparently in this school so the whole thing kind of revolves around these thesis theses (laughs) in the first part of the book so our boy victor he decides to study like adrenaline and like how adrenaline reacts to the how the body reacts to adrenaline and then Eli he says I'm gonna study EOs and the whole room gets silent and they're like what so EOs are extraordinaries extra extraordinaries (laughs) but it's it's capitalized extraordinary anyway okay (laughs) in this like universe it seems like there's this phenomenon where these people have like unexplained powers And they're called EOs. So Eli decides he's going to study that. And Victor gets like pissed. He's like, this is like the thing that I'm most interested in in the world. And you know that like you being Eli, you know that like no one else in the class would be allowed to study this other than like you. But you still had to do it and rub it in my face kind of thing. So he's like annoyed, but he's like, okay, he's my friend. So I'm going to see what he learns. So... They kind of go about their business studying their thesis stuff. And then there's like a school break and Victor comes back to campus and he's like dying to know what Eli learned because Eli stayed on campus during the break to like work with the the like professor. So but he like doesn't want to let on that he's really excited to learn. So he's just kind of like being cool. He's like, so what did you learn? Um, And Eli spills the beans that he learned that EOs are likely the result of near-death experiences. And this is wh- kind of where the M. Night Shyamalan thing came in for me because if you, I don't know if you guys have seen Unbreakable. No. Yeah. And like the whole M. Night universe, it's yeah. kind of like similar vibes where like basically Unbreakable, um, the guy gets in a car crash, he's the only survivor. And then now every time he bumps into people, he can like see what they're going to do later. So like he could bump into them and see that they're going to like murder someone. So he goes and tries to stop him. So it gives me that kind of vibe because these EOs have these like special powers because they've had near death experiences. Ooh. I don't want to say what happens here 
but basically they just like move on from just studying egos to experimenting and Ooh. i'm not gonna say anything more about that part oh what off cliffs and whatnot. yes are they pulling are a bella and new moon and they're jumping oh up my the cliff god to see oh my god uh, christmas movie i'm pulling a bella are these two like the only like ones interested in eos or like studying eos or is it like everyone else knows about them yeah so everyone knows about them the it seems kind of taboo at the time of the thesis stuff because the professor kind of like pauses and he's like well okay and then like the professor's really interested in it but i'm about to get into like there's another timeline that starts and at that point like police forces have like special protocol for eos and like (gasps) people like know about eos so that leads me to my next point we fast forward kind of 10 years into the future and i'll note like all these chapters are super short like i don't know how many pages i was reading it like on an ebook but like it says like each chapter is like three minutes long Mm. so Mm. the longest chapter i saw was probably like seven minutes Anyway, so you go 10 years into the future and Victor has just escaped from jail, from prison, and he's on a very focused mission and that's to find and kill Eli. Oh my God. His His friend. friend. His best friend. Not anymore. Yeah. (laughs) Well, he. Oh, there's stuff I can't say from the other time. But like they are not cool. Who was doing the EO research? It was Victor. Eli. It was Eli. But they but kind of team up because it. they're really both interested in it. Okay, okay, okay. Oh, So the whole 10 years that Victor has been in jail, Eli has been like on his own mission, which was is to like find all the EOs that he can find and kill them. Rude. And his, oh. his mission has this like super culty vibe where he's like, God doesn't want these EOs to exist because it's unnatural. And I, it's Victor, my job I'm to just get going to say it really right now. Victor, switch. not a fun hang. <laughs> no, no, no. Eli's the one that's oh, doing the killing Eli, of the EOs. Not a fun hang. Oh, and so Victor's trying to stop him. Victor wants to killing. kill Eli for his own reasons. Who's in a cult? Nobody's Eli's really in culty. a cult. Eli it's just culty vibes. has culty vibes. I see. Basically, everyone is on a revenge mission, basically, mm-hmm. by the like oh midpoint of this book. Oh. And along the way, you meet a whole interesting cast of like other EOs who have different types of powers, like controlling people with just like like a siren. Um, <gasps> there was raising the dead. Too. <laughs> I love that. And. There's so many like there's so much adventure and like action and violence and drama. And I would love to see this book as a movie with the people who choreograph the John Wick fight scenes. Oh, my God. (laughs) Because those are some great fight scenes. I don't know if you guys are into John Wick. I love those movies. I feel like this book would be great if they made that. So, yeah, that's all I'm going to say. Well, I was going to ask if you would read Vengeful. So. I have no understanding of this series. I didn't know it was a series. I thought this was Darker Shade of Magic. And I said to Nicole, is this supposed to be magic? Like, <laughs> I don't really gather the EO aspect as magic. Is this Darker Shade of Magic? She was like, no, different series. <laughs> this is the adult series. So now that you told me what the sequel's called, <laughs> absolutely, I'll read in. It's just a duology. It's just this two. Oh, okay. Well, maybe I'll read that next. Well, not next, but soon 
so it's a four star read for me. It was I was warned by Nicole like partway through. She's like, I was worried because this isn't at all like Addie LaRue. And I was like, I definitely didn't expect it to be like just based on the cover alone that this was not going to be like Addie LaRue. But that didn't disappoint me that it wasn't like the only reason that I didn't give it five stars is because I was absolutely able to like walk away Mm -hmm. from it. I wasn't like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Like, I don't want to talk to anybody. I don't want to do anything. I just need to read this book. But I really did really like it. And I freaking want a movie version. Oh, my gosh. By M. Night Shyamalan with John Wick action. No, I want a movie version. And what was that? Starring Keanu Reeves. Sure. (laughs) Keanu. Yeah. What book was that? (laughs) That was Vicious by V.E. Schwab. Kill's ready. To okay, I'm re- I have my evidence Kill ready to screaming. go. Should oh. we get... <laughs> oh my no, God. it's all in my head. It's all written down. Should oh we guess it in the order that we read it? That we went? Yeah. Today that means Libby's pod? first. Well, there will be... Oh, yeah. Okay, or should I just go and present all my evidence? <laughs> no, no, no. We're not going to confirm. Should we all write down? I think Kayla wait, should wait, go wait, <laughs> no, you guys are like hearing. Like, I don't. I don't know. Wait, you guys are we... hearing live. Us try to be organized. <laughs> what this is what made... I think we should do? Okay, I back. think we should go through the order that we talked about our book. Nobody and just reveal. guess, and nobody confirm. Yes, until the end, yes. And then we'll go back through, and you'll say who, ha- who it was. Who okay. It will explain reveal. your reasoning yeah. for why you think it's. Wait, okay. What I have evidence we, on all what of if you. We, what if we? <laughs> Wait, 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 wait. Oh what, if we, what if we, what if we, what if we, what if we said, so like right now I say like a name, no evidence. We all say a name, no reaction or evidence. And then we do Okay, yeah, evidence. okay, yeah. Oh my okay, God, wait, okay. I don't even know who I'm going to say. And it's like happening. I have, I have to like I need roll a, the I need dice in my head. Like who am I going to choose? I need a second. Oh my God. Okay, oh my God. I'm ready. I'm, I'm, I'm ready. like trust. Okay, let me go. <laughs> I'm choosing <laughs> this is like american idol and after the commercial wait, wait, wait. i'm choosing i'm choosing oh my god this is bad oh i'm nervous <laughs> just choose someone Pick somebody. Oh my god. okay i can't wait to walk you through my logic okay. i'm choosing becky is my choice okay well okay kayla <sighs> You just if have you, to say one name, Kayla. I know. I know. I don't know if I should go and with no my gut reasoning. from the beginning or no all my evidence reasons. I gathered. Okay, my gut was Becky. <laughs> 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 Becky picked all our books. Okay. Plot <laughs> <laughs> so well. twist. Oh Actually, she worked with Nicole, and it's Emily all Becky. Is it Becky? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going with Libby. Okay, and I'm going with Kayla. That's my guess. So now okay, we need so to walk through logic. Talk it Let's through. Talk it through. Okay. I deeply believe that Emily chose Kayla's book because there is no way that Becky would break the 400-page rule <laughs> that she made. <laughs> and Emily would absolutely overlook a page count. <laughs> so. Okay, well... I'm not <laughs> confirming or denying anything, but I did ask that question after picking oh. the book. <gasps> oh my because God, this, this is, is also a piece of evidence in my file. Because I was like, are you fucking kidding me? This book is so long. And we set a page limit. <laughs> I am also, I'm still saying that Emily chose Kayla's because I feel 
Like, even though you asked that after the fact, like, well, but Becky knows that Kayla reads fast. Ugh. I think you all know that I'm I read fast, though. I know. Everyone knows. But I'm saying, I was going to say, like, I don't think... I feel like Becky would be like, oh, it's cruel to choose a 500-page book for someone. Sorry, I'm really just throwing <laughs> Emily's face right bus. now is throwing me off. Wait, but why... Wait, Libby, why do you think Becky chose your book? Yeah. <laughs> so part of my reasoning, I was pretty confident that after watching this exchange just now that Emily had Kayla. So then I was like, okay, out of these three, who has me? So you were basically <laughs> choosing between me and Becky and you didn't even think Kayla had it on her radar. <laughs> no, I was choosing between all three of you. <laughs> Those were the choices. Unt- <laughs> <laughs> Those are the facts. Yeah, the three people in this podcast. Until... Then I eliminated Emily because I thought she had Kayla. So then I was like, okay, Kayla or Becky has me. And then for reasons, oh, wait, what was my logic? Okay, should we just skip the rest of your answer then? Well, now I'm like getting... Now I want to hear Kayla's dossier. (laughs) Okay, well, okay. So my initial reaction was Becky because we've spoken about this author when I bought the Paris seamstress, but then the 400 page rule came out and I was like, um, this broke the rule. So then... I went to Emily because Nicole had texted me, send me a picture of your TBR. Your person is concerned. And then on the live stream, it came out that Emily held the whole process up because she was still gathering evidence. <laughs> so then my thought was, wow, I have I have info. Held what process up? Nicole said that Emily held up the process of revealing what our book to read was going to be. She was asking Nicole more questions. People listening are probably like, W. Nicole said that Emily was asking her more questions, but separately, Nicole had asked me to send her a picture of my TBR. So I was like, hmm, Emily's asking questions. I was asking to send in a photo. You don't know that it's Emily asking questions. Well, Nicole said Emily held it up. And I, that was my like, okay, well, I'm assuming maybe because I was asked to send in a photo. Emily was apparently asking questions. So then I was like, wow, I have, I, (laughs) I have clear evidence it could be Becky, clear evidence it could be Emily. So clearly it's Libby. But then during this whole conversation, I think Libby had Emily. So then I just went back with my initial gut instinct, which was Becky. But now I really do think it was Emily. So you picked everyone in the podcast. So all of us. I literally, I I told you. Yeah. Well, no, my, my end final result is Emily. Now I'm sort of like, did Kayla have me? though but okay keep everyone keep going (laughs) okay Okay. emily i was pretty sure it was libby because my evidence was the goodreads i'm proud of her (laughs) for copying to it um because i knew she was trying to throw me off by saying she read the book wait but that was not like she's not admitting that she i knew that could just be but here's my real tell when i was like admit when we were in the live stream or whatever talking about who we had and i was like i'm like 106% 106% confident in who I have. I looked out Libby and she was like, what? What? <laughs> <laughs> we all did that. Yeah, literally everyone's faces. No, I, I agree. I think Libby had Emily. <laughs> I back you up, Emily. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, you can back eliminate Emily. Kayla then, oh, I yeah. guess. <laughs> 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 Kayla did not have Emily. Whatever. My evidence Okay, do you guys want to hear my yeah. Yes. And me going last is actually perfect. And you chose okay. Kayla. I chose Kayla. 
So nobody I think thinks Libby Emily had them. No, I think Emily had me. <laughs> but you guessed <laughs> Becky officially. But then I heard but more no evidence thinks- during your case, and I invented it. So no one thinks Kayla got <laughs> oh them. Oh, my God. Okay, go. <laughs> oh, my God. If you're still listening, you're a real one. Okay, so my my... I don't have a lot of evidence because I didn't think super, super hard about it. Because like I said earlier, I think any one of these girls could have picked that for me. The reason I don't think it's Libby (laughs) is because I think Libby would have, while this was semi out of my comfort zone, I think Libby would have pushed me out of my comfort zone and into something more literary than fantasy slash action-y. That's my theory there. And the reason I don't think it's Emily is because... Nicole screwed <gasps> up a little bit. Sorry, Nicole. But Nicole sent me a screenshot of something that Emily said where she was debating with Nicole. Oh, has she read this? Has she read pages? this? And I saw the t- <laughs> I know nothing about that, but I saw the title. And I like as soon as I saw she sent me a screenshot and said, Emily seems confused <laughs> about what we're doing here. I was like, why did you send that to me? And she was like, oh, whoops. And, oh. I was, and she was like, well, it doesn't ruin anything. And I said, yes, it does, because we're not supposed to know anything about anything. So I know who Emily had. Does Emily have me? So I know she didn't have me. I'm not saying that. Okay. I'm just saying I know she didn't have me. So that narrows it down. And I think that Kayla could have picked something within more of a genre that I would have read, but I think she purposely tried to throw me off by picking this. Okay, well, so, I'm, can so you we had insider trading. No, in because my, this was wild. Okay, so I had Becky, but I chose a book for you, yes. and then when I sent it to Nicole, literally, I sent it right away, and then like two days later, I was like, "Let me look at Becky's Goodreads," and you had already read it. So I was like, "Oh," to Nicole, I was like, "Oh my god, do not send her that one." I have to figure something else out. And you were also kind of right. Nicole suggested this book for you. because She was like, this will throw her off. She won't think it was you. Oh, I knew it. Completely right. It was me via Nicole. Nicole via you. Yeah. 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 Via Nicole. Yeah. (laughs) Again. (laughs) Oh, my God. I knew it. Who wants to go next? Who's next? Emily, who did you have? Well, am I the big secret here? No one knows who I did. No, I, I know exactly who you have. Did we all guess yours wrong? No, but Libby. Ben, Becky just Libby, told that story. Libby, and you, t- you say, you say, who you had? Emily. Knew <laughs> <Do> it. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't you fucking stop Goodreads, you dick? <laughs> okay, so Emily, who did you have? This factors into um, my decision process. Um, oh. I had. Kayla, obviously, <laughs> I knew it. Why did that factor into your because, decision process? Because you didn't want to touch the four-hundred page rule. Yeah, of course. <laughs> okay, here's my logic. Let me speak. I also wait, 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 wait. I don't understand why. The, wait, wait, wait. I don't understand why there's any logic for you telling us who you had. Like you knew who you had. Why? Why are you? Explaining first, she's logic? explaining her your pick. Yes. Okay. Wait, can okay. I just say, like, when the Kayla was like, <laughs> this book was nearly 500 pages, Emily goes, <laughs> I literally checked her every You were like, like, oh, fuck. Uh, she saw the four. Scratch. And was like, we're good. <laughs> oh, no. Because <laughs> I couldn't. 
I was like, oh, uh, okay. Like 412, and I was like, maybe she got like a tiny print book. And it had like, the smallest. Oh, God. I can't stress that enough. I'm so oh uh, upset that it was on a technicality. It's fine. It's fine. I tried to frame <laughs> Becky because I looked I at knew it. And I saw that she had marked this book as a two read. And I was that it would have confused you because I don't know shit about historical fiction and I was like <laughs> confident that it would be confusing it was only when you started talking about the page count I didn't even notice it when Kayla like started I talking it. I was like oh Becky definitely has Kayla but then the page count thing, I, and then I also was thinking that would have been so it, obvious count. if like I knew I had Becky okay. and if Becky had me and we could have like potentially given each other historical fiction and also i was thinking this is a new release so i was like maybe it's not becky because they could just look up new historical fiction that is exactly what i did <laughs> oh my god <laughs> i was right in my dossier on you <laughs> i also don't know if we made this clear but one of the rule we didn't really have many rules but one rule that we established like before we even chose names was 400 pages or less just in the interest of like time and courtesy for people no that wasn't decided later until after the okay yeah. i was taking forever because yeah. i was under the impression that we were sending someone a book so that's why i was texting Nicole. and i was late i was like <laughs> i kayla has so many fucking books i, I don't know what she has so and I'm nicole, like, and nicole really said your person is concerned because you you own every book ever send me a picture of your tbr and i and then i heard that you were holding the process up and i'm like okay well that makes sense emily needed to know what was on what were you like why did you just need to see my tbr though i didn't want to buy you a book that you already had <laughs> Which that's another thing is like there was a point where we were going to buy the book for each other mm-hmm. before we realized like that just cancels it out. That's what but I thought was, we were doing. So I thought we were buying each WhatsApp. other books and <laughs> sending them to each other. And I was like, I don't want and Basically, Emily yeah. was confused. <laughs> I was very lot. confused. I didn't want her to get a book that she already like to buy a book that she already had. Why well, would just fair. read that's the book fair. that I had already? Yeah, but that's because she didn't get it. It's no, okay, but you though. did. Well, I loved we it. Here. Like we did it. Was it. Great. I'm so glad okay, I read wait. it. I'll so. say though, I was almost the last person to submit my choice. I was if not. If we fast. weren't slamming me in the group chat about holding up the process, Becky. <laughs> nobody was. I. How did you choose this me? book? Okay, so first of all, I had no idea it was a tour book at of all. Of course, <laughs> no idea. Um, I should have checked that, but I'm glad I didn't. Um. I was just like stalking your like what you want to read, but I know that you don't have this as what you want to read. And then I started stalking the people that I know you talk to a lot on Bookstagram and I stalked their to be read or their red and five stars. And that's how I ended up here. And it's also some a book that like I'm interested in reading and I wanted to hear your thoughts. Oh, my God. It's so good. I hope you love it. This was so fun. Well, I'm still reeling I hope from you guys my enjoyed clumsy. That. I was fully expecting to walk into today, Kayla going like, Becky got me. The page count got me at the last second. I, mean, I know. Uh, my first guess was Becky. I was but like, I was thinking. Okay, but. <laughs> if this was a 310 page book, you would have never known. Yeah, I would have because there was more evidence against you. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I hope you guys stuck around for this I know. insane chaotic festival of yelling. We got some we got some conversations to have with Nicole, it sounds like. Yeah, also Nicole, I'm sorry I don't mean to like 
put you no. on blast there, but like she the really screenshot killed- we really we eliminated Emily for me. Also, to be clear, we couldn't have done this without yeah, Nicole. So, yeah. like, this yeah. is all in loving jokingness. She, like, this she yeah, gave for us sure. all good advice. So, so good that we yeah. secretly conspire. She was all of our conspirators. That's the problem. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She's the top of this crime pyramid. Oh, my God. Should we do our next ups? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I forgot to if do If you're this. still around, hopefully you are, because that was literal <laughs> That chaos. was us like, in real time I interacting with that. each other. <laughs> Libby, you start. Okay, I'm What's going to advice? read Plain Bad Heroines, which everyone's going to read because it's our book club, but by Emily M. Emily M. Danforth, which I'm so excited because I, if you remember, I talked about the miseducation of Cameron Post mm-hmm. in the summer, and I loved that book and was obsessed with her writing, so I can't wait. Um, Becky, what's next for you? I'm going to read The War Widow by Tara Moss. Mm -hmm. Kayla, what about you? Well, speaking of Winston Churchill and my like screaming at him, I'm going to read That (laughs) Churchill Woman by Stephanie Barron, which is about his mother, who, fun fact, was American, like moved over there and married like a lord or something. So, oh, I didn't know that. So that's what I'm going to read. Emily? Um, in the vein of like rocker fiction, um, oh. there was a book that came out called Utopia Avenue by David Mitchell. So, oh, I'm try that. the cover is yeah, gorgeous. it's a record. I want to read that too. This is over 500 pages, which is clearly <laughs> where I shine. <laughs> a sweet spot for some. <laughs> oh, I was so close. I I feel like uh, the end of Scooby Doo. I would have gotten away with it if it weren't for you meddling kids. <laughs> I wish if we could pull the video of Emily being like. <laughs> it was funny I like because I can. was thinking Becky had the worst poker face while you were doing House of Cerulean C because I, I was did. watching I was everyone else's um, video feeds while the title was announced because I wanted to see like who reacted. And, um, oh damn! I wasn't looking. And at Becky anyone. was like, I was smiling, and I was like, Oh, she got. It. Oh my god! <laughs> but I was, and then I was trying really hard to smile. Yeah, but it wasn't. Oh my god. It, yeah, you were. You got like you were like this. You were like, Well, no one can see this. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody can see this, but she's smiling not as big as she was before, which is exactly like, what happened. Oh my god! Um, I did not I notice. Hope you guys, if you guys liked this, let us know. Yeah. I feel like that was so chaotic, and I'm terrified to edit this. Wait, but we could um, do this like during the I know. year. Yeah, it, was so it really fun. was so much fun. It's fun. Yeah, we can make this like a special episode. and give ourselves like more time. Yeah, <laughs> to read nearly yeah. 500. We pages. could also do this with listeners too. <gasps> That'd be fun. Which would be so much fun. Yeah, like guess. anonymous suggestions. Yes. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Where we'll discuss. Wow. We- it would be really hard, especially if it's the first time you interact. I know. I we know would need like into. a hint <laughs> oh my God. or something. Yeah. Maybe a with the fan counts. club that we've gotten to know. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> thank you all for listening. Oh, where can you be found online, Becky? You have so many I things know, to we're say. In, I'm, we're like, not ready done. To go. We have our whole outro. Where okay. are you on the internet? Okay. Well, m- I'm at Becky in the bookshop. I'm at, <laughs> I'm at oh. Sleep, Run, Read, Repeat. I'm at the Lazy Library. I'm at K Redbot. You can find all of us at Books in the City Pod. Make sure you're using our hashtag, My Books in the City, when you're reading something we've inspired you to read or posting with our merch. Please make sure you're following us on whatever, following, subscribing, whatever you have to do on whatever podcast platform that you're listening on. Join our fan club. We're like best friends with our fan club now. So if you want to really be our best friend, 
join that. And you can find all of this at booksinthecitypod.com. If you've made it this far, comment a Santa emoji. Santa emoji. Or just like Or the fire. guy in the hat. The little Ooh, just like Comment just emojis just that made you, that show your feelings about this chaotic episode. Yeah. Oh my God. As long as it's not barf emojis. Oh yeah. Don't do that. Don't be mean. Yeah. Please don't be mean. I don't think our hearts can handle it on Christmas. Oh. Oh. I can't Merry take another Christmas, bingo everybody. loss. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. As of right now, it's Hanukkah. Yeah. yeah. This third night, I think. Happy um, holidays, yeah. happy new year. Uh, we were talking before. We'll, we'll talk year. to you before New Year's. Yeah. Thank you to our Carrie level, level producers Riley Harrell, Susie Southwick, Diane Worth, Kat Martin, Elizabeth Jamka, Carrie Kissinger, Brenna Collins, and Amanda Borgia. <laughs> Bring it home. Thanks for Thank you for listening. Bye. Thank you guys for listening. Happy, happy holidays. holidays. Have a great week. Happy holidays. Oh. <laughs> Copyright. Singing appearance from Becky. <laughs> oh my God. Now you know it's chaotic. Becky is singing. Oh <laughs> we gotta go. I love you. Bye. Bye.